Geeks of the industry. You cannot win a Twitter war against black people. What is wrong with you? I woke up on Saturday and heard Trump is attacking black people. And I was like, he is? And then they were like verbally. And I was like, oh, thank God. Trump said when people kneel for the national anthem, they should kick that son of a bitch off the field. You know someone is racist when they don't even want black people in their field. (laughs) And for the record, I would take a knee in a second unless a black lady was singing the national anthem because that is too dang long to be on one knee. (laughs) Then Trump disinvited Steph Curry to the White House after he said he wasn't going. That's like me saying, Tay Diggs, you can never come over to my house. He wasn't coming over in the first place. Hey, this was just a joke for a television show. Um, Please come to my home anytime you like. If my husband answers the door, don't worry. He knows of our arrangement. I get Tay Diggs, and he gets an hour of silence. People are on Twitter talking about how the players are ungrateful. There is not enough time to unpack why that is a gross thing to say to a black person. Also, how are black people ungrateful when... You called the White House and dump! Don't nobody want to eat at your dump with you? (laughs) No athlete wants to have dinner with you because no one wants to eat whatever it is you eat because maybe it's the food you eat that makes you look like that. (laughs) You guys, this is about racial inequality. Look, If you have a problem with black people loudly protesting and silently protesting, then what you have a problem with is black people. What is your ideal form of black protest? Write down our complaints, put them in a bottle, and throw them in the ocean? (laughs) Wouldn't you like it if our complaints were mournfully sung in an old Negro spiritual? My president's a white supremacist. If he keeps on a tweeting, I'm a gonna be pissed. Oh my God, that does make me feel better. But let me be clear about what is happening here. Trump is trying to make sure to let black people know that if we don't fall in line, we will be punished. Well, guess what? If slavery didn't break us, this idiot certainly can't, you raggedy fool.
system built to divide and impoverish and destroy us cannot stand if we do. What we've been doing is looking at the data, and we know that police somehow manage to de-escalate, disarm, and not kill white people every day. So what's going to happen is we are going to have equal rights and justice in our own country, or we will restructure their function and ours. So I don't want to hear any more about how far we've come when paid public servants can pull a drive-by on a 12-year-old playing alone in a park in broad daylight, killing him on television and then going home to make a sandwich. Tell Rakia Boyd how it's so much better to live in 2012 than it is to live in 1612 or 1712. Tell that to Eric Garner. Tell that to Sandra Bland. Tell that to Dorian Hunt. Now the thing is though, all of us in here getting money, that alone isn't going to stop this. Now, freedom is always coming in the hereafter. But, you know what though, the hereafter is a hustle. We want it now. And let's get, let's get a couple things straight, just a little side note. The burden of the brutalized is not to comfort the bystander. That's not our job, all right, stop with all that. If you have a critique for the resistance, for our resistance, then you better have an established record of critique of our oppression. If you have no interest, if you have no interest in equal rights for black people, then do not make suggestions to those who do. Sit down. We've been floating this country on credit for centuries, yo. And we're done watching and waiting while this invention called whiteness uses and abuses us, burying black people out of sight and out of mind while extracting our culture, our dollars, our entertainment like oil, black gold, ghettoizing and demeaning our creations, then stealing them, gentrifying our genius, and then trying us on like costumes before discarding our bodies like rinds of strange fruit. The thing is though, the thing is that just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. Thank you.
police. When? I don't know, but I walked across the line because I'm Australian and Australians aren't fearful of fuck all. I walked across the line and the police came at me. And do you know what the police said to me? What? I said to them, hold on, these guys' mate just got shot. And the police just said to me, yeah, we shot him. Damn. And I'm thinking, because I'm from Australia, right? I'm thinking, what the f- why the fuck would you shoot anybody? Because you've got mace and you've got tasers. Why the fuck do you shoot anybody at all? Why the fuck would you shoot anybody? Mace them. Wow. Mace. Thank you. going to say that guy that disrespects our flag he's fired and that owner they don't know it they don't know they're friends of mine many of them they don't know they'll be the most popular person for a week they'll be the most popular person in this country because that's a total disrespect of our heritage that's a total disrespect of everything that we stand for okay everything that we stand for and i know we have freedoms, and we have freedom of choice, and many, many different freedoms. But you know what? It's still totally disrespectful. And you know, when the NFL ratings are down massively, massively, the NFL ratings are down massively. Now, the number one reason happens to be that they like watching what's happening on, you know, with your screen. They like what's happening. This, because, you know, today, if you hit too hard, right? They hit too hard. 15 yards, throw him out of the game. They had that last week. I watched for a couple of minutes. And two guys just really beautiful tackle. Boom, 15 yards. The referee gets on television. His wife is sitting at home. She's so proud of him. They're ruining the game. Right? They're ruining the game. Hey, look, that's what they want to do. They want to hit. Okay, they want to hit, but, but it is hurting the game. But you know what's hurting the game more than that? When people like yourselves turn on television and you see those people taking the knee when they're playing our great national anthem. The only thing you could do better is if you see it, even if it's one player, leave the stadium. I guarantee things will stop. Things will stop. Just pick up and leave. Pick up and leave. Not the same game anymore, anymore. Now, one of the things we've done, and it, when I say we, it's us together. We protect religious liberty. Because we know that faith and family, not government and bureaucracy, are the true centers of American life. In America, we don't worship government, we worship God. 
The amount of taxpayer money paid out in police brutality cases is insane. It was announced recently that the family of Fernando Castillo would receive a $3 million settlement. This comes after the officer who shot him seven times was acquitted on all charges. Now, there is no way to measure the pain and suffering felt by victims' families after such a tragedy, but one way we can shed further light on the issue of police brutality is by highlighting the sheer amount of taxpayer money that is being used to settle these cases as a means to right the wrongs when unfit officers kill people. Between 2004 and 2014, the city of Chicago paid out more than 500 million for police misconduct related lawsuits. Oh, and by the way, that did not include the recent $5 million settlement awarded to the family of Laquan McDonald, the unarmed 17 year old that was killed in October 2014, when Chicago police officer Jason Van Dyke shot him 16 times. An investigation, by the way, that has seen three current or former Chicago police officers indicted on state felony charges of conspiracy in the investigation. Similarly, in fiscal year 2016 alone, the state of New York spent $228.5 million on police misconduct lawsuits. So in one state alone, in a single year, nearly quarter of a billion dollars was spent on police brutality payouts. But this is not new. In fact, in 2014, Alternate argued that in order to tackle the issue of police brutality, we have to stop using taxpayer dollars to settle cases that have nothing to do with the general public and has everything to do with police departments that play host to violent officers trying to make up for their wrongdoings with dollar bills. Now, I have my discrepancies with making that argument, but those same authors also expressed optimism that through both the use of video footage and by taking the payments out of police budgets, the number of cases reported would decline. But fast forward to the present day, and we are reminded case after case that even with the most clear-cut video, officers will still not be convicted for brutalizing black Americans. And the sheer expense that these cases cost the police departments does not seem to have them reconsidering their protocol either. But that does not mean that this monumental amount of money should fall on deaf ears. Because after all, right-wingers scream relentlessly about how this is costing taxpayers money and this is costing taxpayers money. It's no secret that the Obama administration blatantly wastes your hard-earned taxpayer dollars. Yet they remain silent over billions of dollars used to compensate the victims of brutal policing. And rather than discussing possible solutions, you have Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions doing everything they can to undo Obama administration legislation to help combat the issue of discriminatory policing in areas where racial bias is rampant. Oh yes, let's remind ourselves that the current Attorney General made a decision to order a wide-ranging review of the federal consent decrees with local law enforcement agencies that have been accused of brutality and violating civil rights laws. And those decisions not only reinforces the idea that black lives still don't matter, but that the Trump administration has no problem with continuing to spend billions of dollars settling such cases, dollars that could otherwise be put to much better use. Now, in all honestness, I don't have the answers. I don't think taking the money from the police departments themselves will do anything but cause a backlash from the unions that protect the majority of brave officers who take the oath to protect and serve and it will only make matters worse. Taxpayer dollars are used to sue these departments, and in turn, taxpayer money is used to pay out the settlement fees. It's said as a public service. So if we demand that police unions pay the settlements for specific cases of brutality, those good cops who we depend on to stop their fellow officers from committing acts of police brutality or racially motivated mistreatment will suffer also and will be discouraged. Good cop, good cop, rolling with that bad cop. So it's not cut and dried. 
But my question is why those in power are not vocalizing their concern about the amount of money spent settling these cases. Because if they care so much about taxpayer dollars that they say they do. We have tremendous waste and abuse in this country. Department of Environmental Protection, where they're actually going around and causing damages. Where is their outrage over this issue? And why do they seek to worsen the problem by rolling back decisions to reform this broken system? If they are not outraged at the cases themselves, which they clearly aren't, I mean, how much did they say over Philando Castile's cold-blooded killing or the disgraceful verdict? You would think that seeing the effect it has on the only thing they care about, the bottom line, would give them pause. But that would mean going against their unspoken oath to back the blue no matter the cost or case. And that is the core of the issue. Backing the blue does not mean ignoring a problem that costs hundreds of black lives and billions of taxpayer dollars each year. It means understanding the core underlying issues and then acting like the public servants they're supposed to be by doing everything in their power to save the lives of their citizens as well as our hard-earned tax dollars. time man ever since uh well ever since well you you know what happened man you were you were there look i know it's been hard okay ever since we lost big mike i know it's hard but we we can't let them win you know what i'm saying we gotta we gotta keep fighting man they out here trying to hold us down trying to silence our voice and we need everybody on the front line you know what i'm saying Man, I know it hurts. I know you're hurting. But you can't just hide from this. You can't shut it out and hope that it goes away. 
We're making a difference out here, man. You gotta... We need you. You're part of the team. You're part of the squad. You gotta come out. You know what I'm saying? Look, man. I'm right there with you. I know. I know. But I'm out here every day. Trying to make a difference. You got these motherfuckers trying to tell us we're unpatriotic now. That we anti-American and shit. When we're just standing up for our rights. You gotta be there with us, man. You gotta get out. You can't stay locked up all the time. It, it ain't healthy. People have been trying to get a hold of you, man. People dropping by the house. You ain't picking up the phone. You ain't answering the door. We're starting to get worried, man. Call me back. Oh, man. 
When I surface on the streets, I can hear the crowd yelling And see the neighborhood stitches pointing and telling I'm bellin' like a felon or a side of Shakura For the law, leave me sinking like a bag of manure Like Jericho, one in the movie Strange Days They want a nigga dead cause the things that I say Might make the youth go and pick up and they pay Tell the government, fuck you, no way Like John Collar, mama, I be running every day Cause if I get caught, it's my life to terminate Or stick me in a cell or Guantanamo Massive NFL protest and a man who started it all, Colin Kaepernick, kneeling to protest social injustice and police brutality. The quarterback is now free agent and he's still unsigned. ABC's Chris Comley is in Los Angeles with more. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Michael. Very much at the center of things, Colin Kaepernick let the protests speak for him this weekend. His actions part of a resurgence in social activism by high-profile athletes who in the past have taken the lead in sparking discussion, especially in the area of race. For Colin Kaepernick, it began a year ago with the hope of sending a message, kneeling during the national anthem to protest racial injustice. This weekend, he saw his message and his means of conveying it command the attention of the nation and his president. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a off the field right now. Yet unsigned by any NFL team, Colin Kaepernick himself could be found not on the field where he said he wants to be, telling a columnist last week, I'm ready right now, working out daily, where other players have said he deserves to be. Do I think Kaepernick is better than some of these starting quarterbacks in this league? Absolutely. Should he be on a roster, in my opinion? Absolutely. Instead, he could be found here in cyberspace, retweeting a host of images of players and others who support him, including military widows, as if in response to negative reaction, he said last year that he anticipated. You're going to have that backlash for trying to fight for people. He also retweeted his mother's response to the president. Guess that makes me a proud... Kaepernick, now a part of a sports activism tradition stretching back decades. At the 1968 Summer Olympics, U.S. medalists Tommy Smith and John Carlos on the podium. This is a tradition in the African-American community. This is a tradition across the country. We've always had athletes to use their platforms to speak out around issues of social justice. Also in the 60s, Muhammad Ali, a voice for black empowerment and dissent. You won't even stand up for me in America for my religious beliefs, and you want me to go somewhere and fight but you won't even stand up for me here at home. Billie Jean King would become a leader of the women's movement. In 2016, the WNBA's Minnesota Lynx donning Black Lives Matter shirts. And in an unprecedented role for the best player in an American team sport, LeBron James embracing social activism in public statements, on social media, even on the court itself. It's time to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what are we doing to create change? Also this weekend, the ACLU tweeting out a line from the memoir of Jackie Robinson, perhaps our nation's most revered athlete for breaking baseball's color line, writing in 1972, I cannot stand and sing the anthem.
telling a room full of law enforcement officers uh, that he thought that they shouldn't be careful when throwing thugs into a paddy wagon. A paddy wagon, because he was clearly born in 1919, <laughs> and nobody ever actually says those words. But, but what freaked me out the most, first off, let's watch the video. I was going to say, if you haven't seen the video, here it is. Take, check it out. But we'd like to get him out a lot faster. And when you see these towns, and when you see these thugs being thrown into the back of a paddy wagon, you just see him thrown in, rough. I said, please don't be too nice. Like when you guys put somebody in the car and you're protecting their head, you know, the way you put their hand over. Like, don't hit their head and they've just killed somebody, don't hit their head. I said, you can take the hand away, okay? told black people and because we know he was talking about black people when he right. said thugs yeah, yeah. he told us what do we have to what lose what the hell do you have to lose well clearly my whole life because Donald Trump is promoting taking us and throwing us into paddy wagons <laughs> like it's 1930 again and wants to kill us I, I don't even, I'm sorry I, get, I can't even get mad at this man anymore because like you know he's literally telling them thugs he's telling the police officers you're not being you're brutal not, enough right you're yeah. not hurting people enough yeah hurt them more I mean you, what do you, you can't even this is, this is and you can see the officers in the background like, yes, yes, let's beat their asses, let's kill them, yes. I love it. Not one officer was looking like, hmm. Mm, this is wrong. No, no I don't wrong. think I want to smack them into my paddy wagon, actually. I think I want to make sure that they're actually guilty before but, I beat them up. <laughs> or maybe I don't want to beat them up at I'm all. Sorry. I, I, listen, listen, it, it's, almost, it's almost therapeutic. You almost have to laugh yeah, at this. Yeah, you have because, to laugh at it. Because it's so irresponsible. It's so beyond the pale. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about this other than, wow, this is, this is your president. This is who you elected. This is what the Republicans want. And as if we have not had enough problems with police brutality. Let me tell you, I was going to say, watch the, the numbers of police brutality is going to go through the roof after yeah. this video. Hey, shoot. Why President not? Trump said I can do it. Oh. Get your ass in the paddy wagon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I look, I'm going to be honest with you, okay? I didn't really work out a good segue for this next bit. So, um, by show of applause, by, by round of applause, uh, how many people here voted for Donald Trump? <laughs> Nobody? None of you. Come on. Come on. I know at least one person here voted for Donald Trump, but y'all afraid to admit that shit now in a public gathering, huh? 
Oh yeah, you're not so not so behind them as you were before. But I had I had friends like on social media, you know, before the election, talking about how you know he, he's a radical and he's gonna he's gonna change the way that we run things and because he's a he's a business genius and and I was like for real, like have you read anything about him, dude? Bankrupted a cash business. Like how the how the fuck do you bankrupt a goddamn casino, right? Like you gotta be trying to lose money at that point. <laughs> but uh it's been stressful, you know what I'm saying? Uh it's been stressful these these last uh what is it, nine months now? It's crazy. Remember how at the at the end of Obama's presidency, they would show these pictures of of him on his first day versus like him on his last day, and you were like, "God damn, he got old!" Like, how many years was he president? You know what I'm saying? He went straight from hope to nope in eight years, right? And just to tell you how fucking stressful this shit is. I had a full head of hair in January, okay? But, hey, that's not funny. <laughs> this, this shit is gone. This is Mr. Clean fucking bald right now. And that's from stress, okay? Because this, this fucking dude, our president, he's fucking trying to, trying to start World War III. He's, you know, alienating our fucking Mexican neighbors, calling them rapists and drug dealers and shit. He's he's got the entire world laughing at us now. And on top of all of that, you know, all the fucking problems we have. We got Mexico, we got North Korea, we got fucking Texas, Florida, and Puerto Rico just in a row just got fucking gangbanged by every goddamn hurricane uh, that's ever been in, in existence. And he's picking fights with athletes over the goddamn national anthem. And, and, you know, I got friends out here saying, like, oh, you know, he's, he's just trying to distract us. He, it's his, this is part of his plan because he doesn't want us to be thinking about, you know, that, that fucking health care bill or, or whatever the fuck. Like, you don't think he planned this for real? You think he has a plan? He didn't plan any of this. He, he doesn't plan anything, Okay. He is surrounded by people who are all just trying to see how rich they can get off of this fucking White House bullshit. There's, there's no plan. There's no agenda. He's a fucking idiot. He's a stupid idiot. And he is just figuring this shit out day by day, trying to get away with what he can. He has a plan. Get the fuck out of here.
Donald Trump's beef with the NFL has left a lot of people with a lot of questions. But the question that has come up for me once again is, when is the right time for black people to protest? Everyone has a different answer. Uh, For me, it's uh, right before lunch, because (laughs) that's when I'm hangry, right? (laughs) And after lunch, I get the itis. I'm not effective. Uh, But if you want to know when black people should protest, you've got to go right to the source. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. I think what the president is saying is that the owner should have a rule that players should have to stand in respect for the national anthem. This isn't about Democrats. It's not about Republicans. It's not about race. It's not about free speech. They can do free speech on their own time. Is it not about their First Amendment rights? No, it's not. They they have the right to have their First Amendment off the field. It's, it's a little weird getting free speech advice from a guy who doesn't speak freely. <laughs> My words are trapped in a prison of teeth. Urgh. But okay, fine. I hear what Mnuchin is saying. He's not against the players protesting. He just doesn't like it when they do it on the field. You know, when everyone's watching. Yeah, do it somewhere else. Can you imagine Mnuchin giving that advice to Rosa Parks? He would just be like, hey, Rosa, why are you protesting on the bus, huh? People have places to be. Take the bus to your house, sit down on your couch, and protest from home. Boom, racism solved. It's solved. And you know what? And you know what? So uh, the the Trump administration is okay with protesting, right? They're okay. As long as uh, it's on your own time. Unless you're ESPN commentator Jamel Hill criticizing the president on your private Twitter feed. Then that's a fireable offense too, right? Uh, Although I do understand where Trump is coming from because Twitter is his workplace, so it's a a different thing. (laughs) But I get it, I get it. You you do it not in public. Uh, Here's another example over the weekend. Stevie Wonder took a knee on his own time in his own show. And even then, even then, a former Republican congressman tweeted, Stevie Wonder takes a knee for the anthem during a concert. Another ungrateful black multimillionaire. Ungrateful to whom? I, I, I'm fascinated by that concept. People always say, ungrateful to whom? This idea that black people should be grateful is some sneaky-ass racism. Yeah, because when a white billionaire spends a year screaming that America is a disaster, he's in touch with the country. But when a black man kneels quietly, he should be grateful for the successes America has allowed him to have? How is that ungrateful? I don't understand. You know what would be ungrateful? What would be ungrateful is if Stevie Wonder got his sight back and then started complaining about colors. That would be ungrateful. (laughs) If he was like, hey man. If he was just like, hey man, what the is up with pink? That's a garbage ass color. Be like, all right, Stevie, you're being ungrateful, Stevie. You're being ungrateful. Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like white people earn the money, but black people are given it. They play a game for a living. They make millions of dollars. They're ungrateful millennial millionaires who won't stand for their own anthem. I wish some of these players who get on one knee during the national anthem would get on both knees and thank God they live in the United States of America. Where they're not only free to earn millions of dollars every year, but they're also free from the worry of being shot in the head for taking a knee like they would be if they were in North Korea. Okay, wait, wait. You, you think black Americans are free from the worry of being shot by agents of the state? That's the whole thing that they're protesting in the first place. That's exactly what they're protesting. In fact, in fact, 
If black Americans went to North Korea, they wouldn't get shot just for being black. Just ask Ambassador Dennis Rodman. It wouldn't happen. (laughs) So, so again, when is the right time to protest? Well, according to Trump's press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, it's not the when that's a problem, it's the how that black people are getting wrong. I think if this is, the debate is really for them about police brutality, they should probably protest the officers on the field that are protecting them instead of the American flag. Oh, I see. Oh, don't protest the flag. Protest the police officers that are on the field. So if you do that, then no one will complain. Can you just clarify that, were you saying that, are you encouraging NFL players to protest police? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I was kind of pointing out the hypocrisy. Oh, wait, you were just being sarcastic. Well, that's a great use of the White House. Nicely done, nicely done. Yeah, but you see, you still haven't told us the right way for black people to protest. Uh, I mean, we know it's wrong to do it in the streets. It's wrong to do it in the tweets. You cannot do it on the field. You cannot do it if you've kneeled. And don't do it if you're rich, you ungrateful son of a bitch. Because there's one thing that's a fact. You cannot protest if you're black. Thank you for listening to Somnium. We hope you have enjoyed what you have heard. Somnium is presented by GeeksOfTheIndustry.com for your enjoyment. Please visit GeeksOfTheIndustry.com and listen to all of the shows. There are a dozen in all and they are all great. While you're at GeeksOfTheIndustry.com, Click on the t-shirt link to visit our shop and buy many shirts. I suggest a minimum of seven. We at Somnium do not claim any ownership of the clips used to make this episode and we gain no monetary compensation from their use. If you would like to contribute to a future episode, please contact us via social media, email, carrier pigeon, or a dark magic spell of your choice. Please keep in mind that nothing in the future is guaranteed. You can follow Geeks of the Industry on Twitter at G of the I. You can find Geeks of the Industry on Facebook by searching G of the I. Light a candle for all the sinners. Set the world on fire. Goodbye and good luck.